Welcome, listeners. I'm Justin Makarevich, Associate Director of Employer Relations at the Graduate Career Management Center of the Zicklin School of Business at Baruch College. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for um, for the Customer Success Bootcamp series, and this one focused on interviewing and job search. So really excited to have both Tim and Bobby with us together to talk about um, about their experiences, both on the interviewee and interviewer side, and uh, and what the uh, entire process was uh, was like. So, Bobby, Tim, thanks for making it back to Baruch uh, and being part of this. Thanks for having us again, Justin. So I'm going to just kick off. I think, you know, first comes first, like we're going to put this in a thought process of um, of what the interview process is like and what um, what interviewers are looking for if you're interviewing for a customer success role. But would love to hear from both of you about what the process is like for both of you in finding your CSM job where you are now <clears throat> um, when you were searching. So, um, Tim, I'll, I'll, I'll hand it over to you first. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, and yeah, for, for those on the call, uh, thanks so much for joining. Um, so I'm Tim. I'm a customer success manager at Optimove, which is a predictive analytics digital personalization firm that helps customers really scale segmentation and CRM marketing. Um, and previously, I've been a customer success manager, really like working client relationship management across a few different tech startups uh, with both in, within MarTech, uh, FinTech, um, advising clients like Staples, Intel Corporation, um, Hartford Insurance Company on digital marketing strategy. And it's really been sort of full cycle customer success. So everything from managing clients post-sale, from renewals, uh, quarterly business reviews through to renewals, upsells, and beyond. Um, and so my search for Optimove, uh, I was trying to think, you know, where do I want to work next? I've worked in uh, machine learning, predictive analytics, so wanted to stay within that space. And I I started my search uh, not really shooting my resume out to anyone, not applying with cover letters or anything like that. And my outreach solely was limited to LinkedIn. And I put together a few slides on how I do it because thought the visual might help here. And so I'll share my screen for a sec. But the way that I think about it is, uh, you know, you're going to, if you apply to a lot of jobs and write cover letters for all of them, not to say you shouldn't do this, uh, but it's it's a heavy lift and it's a low hit rate. You know, tons of people are applying to jobs that are in demand. And so you're going to get tons of uh, you know, no callbacks or uh, rejections after no callback, uh, especially because a lot of the firms have, you know, shortlisted candidates that are either referrals internally, um, things like that. And so they'll, they'll go through that. So the way that I like to get into the interview process is by reaching out both to the hiring manager directly. So if I'm applying to a customer success role, I'll look up VP customer success, at target company, uh, director of customer success at target company. Um, and I'll hit them up on LinkedIn, try to connect with them and then try to set up a meeting. And I'll also do that with team members who are in the role. So I'll also look up, you know, customer success manager, Optimove or whatever firm your is your target firm. Um, because I've seen that it really accelerates the process. I mean, those who are in the role, you know, are open to speaking because they often get a referral bonus if, you know, you eventually get hired anywhere between a thousand to five thousand dollars, depending on what the company is, 
most companies have referral programs, some don't. Um, and for the hiring manager, you're cutting out a lot of time that they spend looking. If you're that right candidate for them, um, you know, they, they don't like reading uh, all these cover letters. Uh, they want to hire as quickly as possible. And so you're, you're helping them uh, achieve what their goal is. And so just to quickly show uh, some examples, um, in terms of the, the initial connection request. So, you know, I've never spoken to this person before. I found whatever it is, VP of marketing at Optimove or Salesforce or wherever you're trying to apply. And I just do a quick, uh, you know, hi, person's name, uh, show a little excitement. Hope your week's kicking off well. My name's Tim. And I'm currently in the final semester of my MBA, uh, having worked in predictive analytics and digital personalization previously. Love how your team's innovating in the MarTech space and would like to connect on LinkedIn. So, I'm structuring it with, uh, you know, hey, here's who I am. Uh, here's my value prop, like, you know, MBA. I've also worked in the space that you've worked in. So I'm personalizing to them and showing that I have experience in their space. And then just showing excitement to them, uh, you know, love how your team's innovating in the MarTech space. And then super low pressure ask. I'm not asking them to get on the phone. I'm not asking them anything. Just want to connect on LinkedIn. Um, from there. I have two routes that I go. One is for the hiring manager and one's for the team member that we'll go through momentarily. Um, if it's the hiring manager, I, I know that they're the one that I want to talk to. So again, you know, hi, my name's Tim. Again, value prop, currently in the final semester of my MBA, having worked in customer success, and then expanding on the value prop. You know, I've advised clients like Staples, Intel Corporation, JP Morgan on digital marketing strategy. So I'm I'm adding credibility. You know, I've worked with these enterprise clients. You guys work with enterprise clients. Yay. Um, and I saw your team's hiring for an associate director of customer success. And here's the ask that I have. And was wondering if there's someone best to connect with to learn more about the role and see whether it's a fit. Um, again, super low pressure ask. I'm not asking to meet with them. They know that they're the right person because they're the hiring manager and so that generally opens a conversation um you know they're happy to give you time they might say hey so great to meet you uh and once you get on the phone with them if all goes well now you have a champion that's leading you through the high entire process and it's the hiring manager so they want to hire you they want their team to like you you now have this white glove you know you're shortlisted uh, on the list there um, and so for the example, for the team member, again, many team members have referral programs. I do it slightly differently. And, uh, you know, same thing, hey, final semester of my MBA, adding value prop, having worked in customer success across a few different MarTech firms. You know, you're a MarTech firm. I've worked in MarTech. Great. Um, and then I've been considering whatever company it is as a target company and would love to learn more about your role if you'd be open to connecting on a quick call sometime later this week or next. Again, it's a super low uh, pressure ask. I'm showing interest in learning about them. People love to discuss about themselves. And because I've showed, you know, value prop, MBA, having worked at MarTech firms. Um, and, you know, I'm just considering Salesforce as a target company. It's not like I need to work at Salesforce or uh, can you get me a job at Salesforce? Um, you know, just want to learn more about it. And 
often I find people are very happy to talk with students. Um, and especially since often there are referral programs uh, at companies, you know, if we can make their team member a thousand, five thousand dollars, whatever that might be, if they refer me and I end up getting the job, um, again, helps me get into the interview process. You often skip the, uh, you know, phone call with HR or uh, the recruiter, things like that. Um, so just briefly wanted to touch on like what my LinkedIn outreach strategy has been. And I can tell you having done both, uh, you know, applying to a hundred jobs with cover letters, getting five notes back versus uh, LinkedIn outreach, uh, you know, sending notes to 10 people, with whatever it is a 60 to 80 percent hit rate in terms of getting them on the phone um it's just like at least for me personally has has worked out super well to get into the interview process by way of linkedin rather than other methods just wanted to kick it off with that bobby before we head to you tim one of the questions that might be um on somebody's mind though is somebody who's career pivoting and a grad student and i think one thing that you can do, could you bring back, could you bring up that the the deck if you have it open again? Yes. There's some really good messaging here. I just want to highlight really good messaging here, right? So um, you uh, basically being able to also say, if you don't have experience like Tim does, and Bobby's going to share his, right? Being able to say, my name is Tim. I'm in the final semester of my MBA. I've been learning about customer success roles and, and what they're about with talking with alums who are at places like Adobe and Optimove and other MarTech firms. I'd love to, I'd love to meet. And then if you scroll down to your, uh, the, your last slide, I've been considering Salesforce as a target company and would love to more, know more about your role, right? So you can mend this. You can, one of the things you're doing here, right, is you are mending the fact that, hey, I know about customer success. I don't want this to be about you teaching me customer success, although I'm going to learn about it. I really, because I've been talking with people about it, but I'd love to learn about your role. And, and this is a really great way of making, like you said, make it really easy for that person to be like, okay, I think this is going to be a good conversation. So let's make it happen instead of, oh my God, this is going to be a student who's just blindly just reaching out. Right. And and toying with the idea. This is super helpful. Bobby, I, 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 I know you've done, you did similar things. I'd love to, we'd love to hear also about what your experience, Tim, thanks for sharing that. That was awesome. All I was going to say is that I should have listened to Tim in my own job search because (laughs) I, I applied to over 200 jobs. Um, I still have to this day, just somewhat as a motivating factor. I have the spreadsheet that I created of all the like no responses or rejection letters or whatever I got back. To give everybody an idea, my, to Tim's point, my hit rate was very, very low. I had maybe three total interviews out of those 200 jobs. And this is spread across not just CSM, but all different roles. Um, funny enough, quick story here. The day I got my offer letter from Adobe, I got a rejection from Google to be a customer success manager without any interview whatsoever and thought to myself, one of you is very, very wrong about me. And I really hope it's Google. Um, So similarly to Tim, I did reach out to people at the company or saw if I knew people. So one of the things that I tell pretty much all Baruch students is one of the things I did was I would look to see who Justin was connected to, not to throw Justin under the bus, 
but then I would write a very quick, like copper type email, send it to Justin, make it super easy. Here's the link of what I'm applying to. Here's the person that looks like you're connected to on LinkedIn. And here's why I think I'd be a good fit for this role. Do you mind sending this along? I did that with other people that weren't just Justin, but I'd see who in my network was connected and send similar messages. Um, eventually, you know, did get an interview at Adobe and managed to land the role at Adobe, which I'm happy to go further into. But really, I should have listened to Tim because it would have saved me so much time of applying to those 200 or 300 jobs that I did. And and actually, it really is a, is a good tie to what Tim just went through with Bobby too, making it really easy for the person that is connected to the person that you want to connect to be like, can I connect with your connection? And here are three bullet points of how I fit this role that I put. So to make it really easy for them to be like, okay, this is going to not going to be a waste of time, or this makes sense. And this is what, you know, that's, that's great. I mean, so both of you are are really communicating a lot of the same things, uh, which is perfect. So let's talk about the interview. So you you made these connections, you reached out, you got the call. What's that first round look like? Bobby, what was that first round looking like for you, whether it was at Adobe or, or for other CSM roles? Yeah, it sounds like I had a different path than Tim because Tim used the smart method and like skipped all the <laughs> initial stuff. Um, so I will say mine was a multi-round interview, meaning there were like three or four different interviews I had to go through. The first one was a screening call with someone essentially just from HR, making sure I was a culture fit. Um, the second one was with another customer success manager. And again, it was somewhat of another culture call, but she did also ask questions like, what was the last thing you purchased online and how would you make that experience better? So she was trying to get an idea. If I had an idea about digital experiences. Um, the next two were much more difficult. I had to present to a, I was given a prompt and I had to present to a panel of very experienced customer success managers as if I was giving an SDR while I was given very little information on the actual customer or what their history was or anything like that. I spent hours upon hours upon hours reviewing that deck. I reached out to CSMs that I knew at other companies and said, hey, what do you think of this deck? Let me run you through what I have. Am I missing anything? I reached out to another grad school friend of mine and said, hey, I'm great at presenting. I am terrible at making presentation decks. You are amazing with graphic design. Will you please do this for me and I will buy you a drink? And he did. Um, For those who may or may not know him, that's Javier Arvalo. He is amazing at graphic design if you're lucky enough to be friends with him. Then the final was an escalation prompt of a customer essentially having an issue. You had to write an email summarizing to the, pretending you're writing it to Shantanu, our CEO, summarizing what the issue was and what your next actions were. I will say my interview process was a little weird because it started in March of 2020. It was supposed to be in person. I got put in a virtual room. They sent me the wrong link, which by the way, can happen. I ended up interviewing someone else who was interviewing for the role for about 10 minutes before we both realized that neither of us worked for Adobe yet. And then I had to frantically call the New York office saying, hey, can you tell these people that I am not ghosting them, but I'm in fact in the wrong room? Um, So it is just one of those things that you may have to deal with. It makes a funny story now. One thing that I really do want to draw attention to during my interview process is I actually kind of lucked out in that I had a virtual interview. And I mean this in that I didn't have a professional workspace at the time. 
And in the background, I had a Spider-Man poster hanging and you might think, where is he going with this? But one of the things that they asked me was, how do you deal with the question or a customer or someone telling you no? And I said, well, I feel like I deal pretty well with adversity. And I actually, I don't know why I maybe was just hit by a moment of inspiration. I turned around to my Spider-Man poster and I said, I'm going to tell you about why Spider-Man is my favorite hero. And I promise this is related. And so I started saying, unlike Superman, who has never lost a fight in basically his entire life, Spider-Man gets beat up continually, but always tries to get back up and do what the right thing is. And I very much admire that quality in him and have hoped that I've taken some of those, some of that inspiration from those comics that I've read since I was three and brought it into my everyday life. Later, I got the chance to talk to someone who had interviewed me and they said, you know, they, we do have a scoring system that we use. And they're basically like one of the things that set you apart from pretty much everyone else who's interviewing for the role was that personal anecdote about Spider-Man and how you overcome adversity. And it showed both like a personality that we just thought would fit here, but also somebody who we thought would excel in the role. So there are moments to inject. I'm not saying like just start going off on random tangents, but there are moments that if you kind of get the sense, you can inject personal anecdotes and they can be beneficial as noted by my Spider-Man story. Totally. I love that. That's amazing. I mean, I know that that was sort of off the cuff and happened to be there because of the <clears throat> the structure of the and the format of 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 the of that. But um, do you think you would have answered that differently, Bobby, if you weren't in your room? I do. I think I actually. So it's weird, but I've done a bunch of podcasting and streaming and things of that nature. So I feel like being in front of a computer screen is very much a comfort zone for me. Not that I'm not at quite as comfortable speaking in front of people, but I think there probably is a little bit of a difference. Yeah. So I think, you know, I was in my home, I was in my comfort zone. I have, I don't know that I would have remembered that if, to talk about Spider-Man if it wasn't hanging right behind me. Um, so I do actually think in that particular instance, it was very beneficial to have that particular format. I think that's a good trigger about maybe <clears throat> for people to find them their, their comfort zone when they're outside of their comfort zone might be a good thing too, if you can get yourself there. Thanks for sharing that one. All right, Tim, Tim, how about you? That interview process for you, again, whether it was Optimove or other yeah. other areas and other places, what did that look like? Oh, yeah. Um, so it started even before I got into any of the interview processes. And I, you know, obviously looked at the website, um, really researched, you know, what their products are, what they do, um, so that I could have a working sense of, you know, how would I pitch this? How are they strategically differentiated from other products out there? Like, do I really understand their competitive advantage, their value props? And then I basically wrote out and probably did 10 hours of prep even before reaching out to the first person where I thought about one, what are all the questions that I want to ask my interviewer? Uh, and two, what are all the questions that I want to prep for that might be asked of me, such as, you know, what's your biggest client, client win? What's your biggest client loss? Um, you know, tell me about a difficult client situation that you've handled. Um, tell me about a, you know, data-driven advice that you've given a client. Um, and for some of them, I use this STAR method of uh, whatever it is, uh, you know, basically what, what the issue is, situation, uh, 
you know, uh, recommendation and then results so that I could show them in a structured way, you know, here is uh, the issue the client had, um, you know, they're trying to figure out which offer to give to some segment of uh, one of their customers. Um, you know, what my recommendation was, how I came up with uh, the recommendation performing data analysis and ultimately the recommendation I gave, and then what the results were, you know, what business KPIs that I influenced to the positive. Um, and I, I tried to do that for as many questions that I thought that I could, uh, might be asked and, you know, have, have been asked in interview classes in the past. And so once I had all my prep done in terms of, you know, here are the questions that I'm going to ask the interviewer, here are the questions that I can expect to be asked and have these like mini stories that I have responses to. Um, actually, even before I go into that, a third thing is I really prepped for the tell me about yourself question because you're going to be asked that question. If you can answer that concisely, confidently and rock it to show that you're valuable the rest of the interview really tees it up greatly. Um, and then I also, uh, in addition to telling me about yourself, uh, thought about, um, I, I'll, I'll loop back to this, but my interview process, I first reached out to the VP with the exact messaging that you just saw, um, had my first interview with the VP. We totally hit it off. Um, she, you know, accelerated me through the interview process. Second interview with, with, uh, the director, um, went well. And then I had uh, a data test that I was given where I had to analyze data and come up with recommendations. And then also a sales presentation where I had to, the prompt was basically, you know, pitch me any, uh, complex piece of technology. And so I did it in front of a panel of, the VP, the director, as well as other customer success team members. Um, and then my final interview was with the chief customer officer and the VP of uh, HR. And from there, got the offer. And my, from initial uh, reach out to actually getting the offer uh, was just about a month, um, which uh, isn't always the case. Obviously, companies hire at different cadences, but I felt that it really helped that, you know, I had the VP of customer success as a champion from the beginning, and that really carried me throughout um, since they were trying to make the hire. Tim, I may have missed this. <clears throat> did you give a, did you have to give a presentation as well? Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. I had to pitch any piece of complex technology. Because um, mm -hmm. one of the things, at least in the world that I work in with machine learning, everything is, is the ability to synthesize complex things into layman's terms and to also be able to pitch the value of it. Um, so that was their goal. Oh, one last piece that I want to remember is before all the interview processes, I also think about what are the key things, the three key things that no matter what they ask me, I'm going to get out in the interview um, because people are, you know, some people are better at hiring than others, uh, better at asking questions than others, but like, what are the three key takeaways that you want to get out? Uh, for me, it was processes that I had created, um, uh, revenue achievement against goals and, uh, 
highlighting recommendations that influence key business KPIs. And so no matter what questions I was going to be asked, um, you do have to answer the questions that the interviewers ask in a way. But if someone asks you a question, that's not going to help them understand whether or not they want to hire you or doesn't highlight the things that you want to get out that show you're hireable for them. Um, you can quickly answer it and then pivot into one of your mini stories that throws, shows one of the three key pieces that you want to get out. Um, you know, tell me about a difficult situation with a client or, well, that one you should have an answer to, but, uh, you know, it's something random. And my only goal is to get out to them that I, you know, uh, achieved 256K in upsell revenue against the goal of 150K. So I can answer whatever question they ask me as a quick one-liner and then go into the, the key value that I want to show them. Um, so I guess the takeaway there is like, you don't always, you do have to answer the questions that they ask, but like, make sure that you get out those three key things that uh, we'll, we'll show you about. And by that, you mean, you're like, you, you mean, Tim, when, when I walk, when you walk away from that conversation, however long it is, you want the interviewer to have these tie these three things to you. Exactly. 100%. Tim is process oriented. He's a revenue generator and the third person. Right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I kind of want to role play on that one, but I, I do want to go back onto the tell me about yourself and it, oh, sorry. So that presentation part that both Bobby and you talked about, which probably took so much time for you both to do, that seems to be a common theme for CSM jobs across the board. Um, that, that like, it's not just the two of you that are, that are, that are communicating that. Um, so for, to be ready for that. The one thing I will say about that is it's definitely one of the things just because as a CSM, you have to be a strong presenter. Right. If you're not a strong presenter, you won't be good in the role. And the other thing is make sure that you rehearse it, but don't rehearse it to the point of sounding robotic, which there is somewhat of like a balance beam to have. Funny enough, and maybe not so funny, but in reflection, uh, my dog got sick the night before I was supposed to give my presentation. Mm. He went to the animal hospital. I was oh. very worried about him, but in the halls of the hospital, and there are people there who could like attest to this, I was reciting my presentation basically like to the people in the animal hospital and being like, what do you guys think? Right. <laughs> right. Just, just to follow up on that, like when, when you have the presentation, like can't even tell you how many times, like Bobby, I practice in front of a mirror saying it out loud so that it really becomes second nature. Like, I know everyone works differently, but my process is I, you know, create the slides right out the flow. And then at first I'll even like read my flow out loud and then I'll do it over and over and over and then boil it down to just bullet points without the details. But it really helped me to go from, you know, full written out. And I even think about where am I the, the transitions of sentences, how am I going to get from one to the next? And as crazy as this might sound, like, where do I even add like little, like a laugh in between sentences or things like that so that um, everything flows smoothly as, as my goal is to get out. 
That's to give the quick, like, aside of that. While I do generally rehearse my practices, as Tim, just to show that there can be a different side, as Tim points out, people operate differently. And I recognize that when That's I'm presenting, point. I actually mm. present better generally when I'm going off the cuff. And the more I try to script things out, the more I actually trip myself up because I try to adhere to the script. And it just sounds, like I said earlier, kind of robotic or like people ask me a question. I'll be like, no, I need to get through the script. So for me, I actually, while I definitely prepare decks and I have an idea at least of what I want to talk about, the less scripted out I am, the better. And I just want to put that out there in case someone's like, I don't really do well off scripts or whatever. You don't have to be that way. That's a good point. And I, I actually love that point because, you know, just like within, with networking, you've got to do it in a way that you, that's best for you. <clears throat> but if you're going to go up for a CSM role, what I'm hearing, you've got to be prepared for this presentation part and you need to do it the best way that, that, that's going to put your best, best face forward, your best, best foot, best foot forward. So appreciate that, Bobby. That's, that's really important for sure. Um, want to go to the, also one of the things, so, just quickly, Tim, let's role play the pivot of into from a behavioral question or another question into one of those three points that you want the interviewer to, to leave behind with that interviewer. Yeah. So, Tim, tell me about a time when you've had to work on a project with a really difficult team member. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, had really challenging team member. Uh, you know, our goal for the project was to analyze X, Y, Z. Um, and you know, as we were conducting analysis, had X, Y, Z challenges. Um, the great thing is that uh, when we, and now I'm trying to think about where we're going to pivot uh, or, or which piece we want to pivot to, uh, is that after providing the recommendation, um, you know, this is a ex-client, um, we were able to provide the recommendations and actually win the renewal based on this because client was in a challenging situation. Um, you know, those recommendations uh, led to the path ahead and we were actually able to uh, renew uh, 500K ACV um, for the path ahead. And so, yeah, going from answering question to showing something that not only how we dealt with the difficult team member, but revenue generating. Yep. Totally. Yep, exactly. And what was the first one? Was it about process? Yeah, ha having created uh, processes at companies yeah. before, like an up upsell process for a company. Or, or yeah, you could even go into any, uh, you know, models that you've created in terms of how, you know, we're going to take the data and, um, and boom, I created the RFM model for how we're going to analyze all customers across recency, frequency, monetary value, product preference, et cetera. I could even see like, if you also even answer the question around, you know, it ends up being communication is really key to relationships with team members to get work done. <clears throat> and then, and then what really you brought up, you, you got out of that experience was part of that is process and process is really improved is, is important. Right. And then you can pivot to the process message potentially. Oh, like, yeah. you know, yeah. So I, I love that. I love your point in general of taking opportunity to certainly not totally like left turn or things like that, but folding in the things that you want to leave behind. That's a great, um, Bobby, Tim had mentioned this whole thing about, um, 
getting prepped for the tell me about yourself, which I think also is one of the most important things to prep for. So Bobby, like what, what, what's the tell me about yourself that you think that, that any thoughts on, on that in general? Man, if I was knew I was going to be asked these questions, I would have prepared as if I was being asked. <laughs> don't answer, don't yeah, ask it. We're, we're asking um, it but what are the things yeah. that like that people do well when they ask answer that question, and what are things that people don't do that well when they answer that question? Do you think? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, so I I have been involved in some character interviews for Adobe, and something that I'm generally looking for is just like honestly that the person can hold a conversation, and by that yeah. I mean like. The reason I keep harping on sounding scripted or robotic is because when I'm the person interviewing, I really don't like it. So if your answer sounds overprepared, then I'm very much like, I'm just trying to have a conversation with you, like human to human and see if we can work together. And you are coming off very robotic right now. And that doesn't really seem like someone that I'd want to work with. Um, so that's uh, what would I talk about of like just sounding natural. When I'm asking you to tell me about yourself, and it may be different for other people, but at least for me, it's generally just like legitimately just tell me about you. What are your interests? I am interested in people as people. Tell me what you like to do outside of work. If you want to, like Tim, you can work in something that you achieved in work. That's cool, too. But just do it in a way that has a natural flow of conversation to it rather than like I did this. I like doing this. I am this. Don't make it like very bulleted sentences. Just go with the flow, essentially. Sometimes there's concern with um, I, that, that I hear from students and uh, that they've catch themselves rambling in answering mm. that question. Do you have you have you had that experience, Tim? Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. With without prep, I would catch myself rambling, and so what I did is, and I even sort of gave it at the beginning of this call when I was telling you about myself is I like to say, you know, I even sometimes do it where I do on the professional side of things on the personal side of things. And so mm. I'll do, you know, on the professional side of things, I've primarily worked in client relationship management roles across a few different tech startups, advising clients like Staples, Intel Corporation, uh, you know, Hartford Insurance Company on digital marketing strategy. So right there, I've told you a lot in very concise things and I've added credibility of the clients that I work with. I work in tech uh, specifically within MarTech and then go into, you know, really been full cycle customer success. So managing clients post-sale from implementation through to quarterly business reviews, renewals, upsell. I'm giving the specific pieces of my role that I do because um, customer success can be different from across all companies. Um, I, I, you know, I'll even say, you know, have my MBA in marketing and strategy and currently work at XYZ company. Um, and then on the personal side of things, I'm a native New Yorker, you know, love hiking, travel, um, big crypto supporter, which is, can, can be controversial, uh, and live with my wonderful uh, wife and tuxedo cat Luke. And so my goal there is to tell you professional, add credibility, credibility, and then quick personal so that we can open up a conversation of, oh my God, you have a tuxedo cat or, uh, you know, hey, where did you recently travel to? Um, but everything that Bobby said to, you know, ha having it really flow. Um, but that piece, I had of interviews like over and over in the mirror to nail, how can I concisely 
relate to you, show credibility, and give you a little bit of my personal size so that we can open up a conversation that's not just um, work-related. I also, at the beginning of interviews, try to first ask uh, the interviewee, you know, with regard to they like to be in control to some degree sometimes, but I like to open it up with, you know, Hey, how's your week on anything exciting going on this week? Um, so that you immediately personalize yourself to them before, like, I don't wait for them to ask me the question first. I, I want to make sure that we start off with personalizing ourselves, talk about, you know, Oh, they might say I'm, I'm going on a trip where I, I'm taking my kids somewhere. And then they'll ask about you. And so making that, breaking the ice immediately smooths over the whole interview process and, and everything else from there. I was going to add that, Tim, that I honestly feel like when I can get, personally, when I've interviewed, I feel like if I can get the interviewer talking about pretty much anything except the interview, I've won. I've done my job and they have connected to me as a person and I've distracted them enough that they're starting to like me because they're talking about like, to your point, we're talking about our dogs we're talking about their upcoming trip to Iceland or where you both like the same books or something. And they're like, Oh yeah, I'm supposed to be asking you questions right now. And I'm like, well, we're already best friends, but go ahead, I guess. <laughs> right. And it's, it, you know, I, I'm hearing it too. So it's, it's kind of helping the other person or the interviewer grab onto something else to talk about too, which makes it easier for sure. Um, we're at 20 till. So I want to be cognizant of questions and open up the floor um, if there are any questions, just use the raise hand feature. If you don't have questions um, just yet, that's totally fine. But I, I don't want to um, hog the conversation because I want um, it, everybody here to be able to ask some questions too. So on the interviewer side, <clears throat> both Tim, Bobby, anything else that, um, I mean, you've already shared a lot of interview expectations based off of your interview experiences. So that's great. But now, if you've been on the interview side most recently, um, any other thoughts um, that that come off uh, that come to your mind that you want to share? I have a really quick one, and this is just because right. this happened to me very recently. Yeah. If I ask you to share a project that you're proud of, don't make it one that was like 10 years ago in middle school. That's just not a good practice. And I'm using a very real example where I asked someone to share a project they were proud of, and they talked about how they presented. And it was actually a pres to the whole point about presentations being important. It's a presentation. And they went, oh, yeah, it was a presentation on, like, Martin Luther King. I'm like, oh, that's great. When was that? Oh, it was, like, in seventh grade. As you might expect, that person did not get particularly high marks from me because it's, like, the last presentation that you were proud of was now 10 years ago. And you're trying to go for an internship where you're going to be working on your presentation skills and working with clients a bunch. Yeah, no. But that's just one quick thing. It's just like, make your, if you have examples, make sure they're fairly recent. And even, you know, we've talked about applying, and I know this is a common thing, but if you're applying to a role, make sure that you're tailoring your resume to have relevant experiences. Because like, for the most part, if I'm the one trying to hire you, while it's nice that you were maybe like the only male babysitter in your town. I don't care because that was 20 years ago and I want to know what you've done more recently. Okay. Agreed. And uh, just to pick it back off that. So I, I've uh, interviewed a bunch of customer success managers. Um, 
the main things that I'm looking for, and it uh, depends on what the role is. Um, again, I, I specifically work in MarTech, generally within data, um, and also on the sales side. And so I'm looking first off, um, you know, do I like you as a person? Like, you know, are, are we relatable? Uh, uh, secondly, um, you know, can I trust you in front of uh, enterprise clients? Can I trust you to hold yourself? You know, if you're going to get thrown off, are you able to handle objections and, and work around things quickly? Um, uh, three, and again, this is more specific to MarTech and data, but like, you know, what are, can you analyze the data? Um, and, you know, for, can you pitch value? Can you sell? Um, and I, I want you to, you know, show me, not tell me, um, you know, if I ask, you know, uh, what's, you know, your, I know you've worked in revenue roles, like what's your experience there? How, you know, what kind of revenue? Have you I, I don't want the, you know, yeah, I've worked in revenue roles and I've won a lot of revenue. I've blown my things out of the, uh, my targets out of the water. I want to hear, you know, you know, what your targets were, um, you know, how, how did you achieve that? How, how uh, did you, were you going up against another company in the request for a proposal process? You know, how, how did you box the other guys out? Um, what were the targets that you achieved? And, and again, like how you achieved it rather than just telling me that you did achieve it, if that makes sense. Like the show, not tell. And with the metrics of what those numbers were and, and, and the, or, yeah, and the ch- percent change, maybe yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Right. One thing both of you've talked about is the work you put into prep for questions that you most likely think you're going to get based off of the role. So we talked about, okay, you should probably be ready for when was the last time you've done it? When's the, When's the last time you've done a presentation or what's your favorite presentation? Just like Bobby mentioned, right? Revenue, customer interaction, client interaction, possibly breaking the ice. How did you come up with though with some of these with the expectation of what what kind of questions you most likely will will get? Great question. Um, so some of it was by talking to other people who have worked with in those roles. Um, oh, right. Some of it is looking at uh, what the actual role responsibilities are in, you know, the job description. Um, And then, you know, thinking about the sort of boilerplate ones, I hate when I get asked about biggest strengths, biggest weakness, but I prep for them because, you know, you have to. And um, I think about, yeah, what what might they want to see just in terms of both my work and me as a person. So, I prep for things like, you know, biggest career achievement, biggest client win, biggest client loss. Um, I do prep for like the describe yourself in four words just to have it, Uh, you know, tell me about a difficult client engagement, um, you know, data driven advice you've given a client, uh, time you've demonstrated leadership. Um, Why do you want to work for my company? What can you bring to my company? Um, Take me through a client engagement from start to finish. Um, what are you looking for in a team or in a boss? Um, why did you, you know, go through your MBA? Um, how are your analytical skills, your Excel skills? 
you know, pitch me your company or pitch me something. Um, what are your career goals? What do you do to have fun? Um, all those types of things are the things both, I mean, at this point, I've, I've worked in customer success for a while, but, you know, before I did talking to friends who work in customer success, looking at the uh, job description and then creating mini stories to then show them rather than uh, uh, tell them. The only thing I'll add there, because Tim hit the nail on the head, is the most beneficial thing to do is talk to people, listen to what they do in the role, and then expect the sorts of questions that you might get based on what they're telling you their day-to-day looks like. And by doing that, right, I I think the trickle-down effect for a candidate, you both can call BS on me if it's wrong, but the trickle-down effect of, of that preparation decreases the anxiety of the interview process. And I think it also highlights like, oh, my God, if I hate all these things, this is probably not the role for me <laughs> if I have to talk about these things, too. 100%. You also just learn to speak the language that they're right. speaking. So, you know, for example, like a term, and I'm just going to rattle off random terms here, but like mutual success plan is something that pretty much all or customer plan or, you know, get well plan for customers that are unhealthy or things of that nature. You just start learning like the acronyms or languages that people use to call things certain things so that when you show up to that interview and you're talking about like, oh, yeah, I know what a get well plan is. They're like, oh, this person is speaking, even though it's technically still English, they're speaking the same language that I am. And so they must know something about this. Oh, yeah, totally agree. Um, And yeah, really, even, you know, applying to the job that I applied for, you know, I've been working for a year and six months in my current role, but, and I had worked in customer success previously, but yeah, I I had anxiety uh, going into uh, talking to new people. And like Justin mentioned, I mean, creating those mini stories, creating the, you know, star method stories to highlight your experience and going through it and, and just thinking deeply about who you are as a person, what you like, what you don't like, what you like uh, in, in different roles. Like once you know yourself and how it relates to the job that you're applying to um, completely, you know, sure, you might have some nerves uh, going on in the interview process, but um, really builds confidence to, so that first thing that you comes out of your mouth is going to be confident when you speak to the, hiring manager or whoever that might be totally just to build off tim's thought really quick justin yeah at the end of the day so i used to be someone and i totally acknowledge this that if i talked to anyone who i thought was important my eyes would actually like glaze over pretty much just from (laughs) the nerves at the end of the day and i know it's a cliche but everyone puts their pants on you know one leg at a time where and that's the whole thing about that i've been trying to get across about customer success in general is you need to be a people person and interested in people. And when you realize that most of these interviews, sure, they're a structured form, but they're just a structured form of having a conversation with another person, it becomes so much easier because you stop putting that pressure on yourself of like, oh, you know, to Tim's point, I'm talking to the VP of customer success. It's like, no, I'm talking to Erica who has you know, right. two dogs and goes on vacations with her family to Maine. Right. To be on that, I literally... I, I do a few different things where beforehand I'll literally try to convince myself that whoever the person that I'm talking to, the interviewer, 
is like, you know, my uncle's friend, uh, or, and like, I really try to like believe that and internalize that. Um, so that it's not some stranger, it's not some scary person. I keeping things, uh, on even playing field where, you know, sure. It might be the chief customer success officer at, uh, whatever, the biggest bank in the world, but if you feel that it might feel scary, but if you think of yourself as an equal to them, it super, super helps as you go into the interview process. Um, yeah, yeah. totally. I, I want to spend some time also, <clears throat> we've got a couple minutes, but it might be on people's minds in general of those. Hey, do you have any questions for me? What's, what's, what are some of the experiences you've had on the interviewer side of, um, of what you wanted? So not, not, not sort of peppering, hey, here's some great questions to ask in every interview, but what are some questions you want to hear from a candidate? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I want them to really figure out if I haven't told them about the day-to-day responsibilities, like mm. to really dig into what does the day-to-day look like? You know, what are the KPIs? How do I know I'm being successful? Um, you know, really understand what the responsibilities are. Um, for customer success, since some roles can be more strategic, some roles can be more sales oriented, some roles can be more operational. Um, I want them to dig into, again, by deducing, you know, what is this role actually? Um, I like when they ask me about, you know, how, how many clients is my book of business so that they understand is it high touch versus low touch? Um, I want them to, ask me about, you know, management style, um, you know, is it <laughs> company culture wise, is it like sort of prescribed versus lenient? Um, what does communication look like? Um, you know, as a manager, is it, you know, more of a coaching relationship or operational relationship? And I, I want them to ask me these things, not in those exact words. Um, I want them to, you know, figure out what behaviors are going to be rewarded within the company internally. Um, you know, really dig into the culture um and yeah see if they understand to ask like who they're going to be working with internally not only within our customer success org but are they going to touch with solutions engineering data team right. um so that they fully know what they're getting into as well as um yeah what is going to be a good path forward i so i absolutely love everything that tim just said couldn't agree more I think at like a high level, I just want them to ask me questions that show that they're sincerely interested in the job. And you can kind of tell when people are asking questions, just ask questions. And when they're really getting into specifics of like, tell me more about like this specific point you made earlier on Mm. the day to day and what that looks like. It's like, oh, that's actually a really good question. Shows you were paying attention to what I said earlier when I answered one of your other questions or I was talking Um, or just general things like that. It's not so much about the question you ask, at least for me. It's much more about in asking that question, you're showing that this isn't just, you know, the hundredth interview that you had of the day. And maybe it is, but don't act like it is. Mm. Right. And to ask follow up questions like, you know, when I get an answer to dig deeper into it, um, you know, they ask me, how's the culture? I go, culture is great. Um, if that's it and we move on, <laughs> they didn't do right. due diligence. <laughs> that did just remind me of one other thing Tim said, 
which yeah. is I want a candidate who is not just trying to figure out whether we're a right fit for them or that they're a right fit for us, but that we're a right fit for them, meaning they're considering where they want to be in their career and they're asking questions to show, okay, yes, you know, maybe Adobe is a great company, but by asking these questions, I'm making sure that Adobe is a right fit for me and where I want to go in my career, because that tells me that's a person who wants to succeed with us and also has given a lot of thought to this. And it's not just based on like, you know, the name recognition or what have you, but they really have given thought to, I want to be here. So are you suggesting, Bobby, that somebody could even be as bold to say, in my next role, it's really important for me to be able to do X or to experience Y. Could you talk about how that happens at your organization? If I got that kind of question, I would give that person incredibly high remarks just based on that question alone. Okay. Okay, we've got a couple minutes. This is I, I could stay on here for actually a couple of hours. <laughs> um, I just don't know if Vivek and Emmett and Raul and Will, or or the two of you, I don't even care about the two of you. What have we not talked about? Because we really, again, I I want, like, it's really important for us to have heard what you went through in your interview process, because that's obviously what you're going, you're putting people through um, when you're interviewing them. What have we not touched on? Um, Because it's been a, we've touched on a ton. Um, Anything that you think we haven't, um, we haven't covered, Bobby, Tim? And again, if there's any questions from um, from anybody that wants to ask, please just raise your hand. I have a oh. quick one to share. Yeah, please. Um, it's essentially just, I will fully acknowledge, and I shouldn't be saying this on a customer success bootcamp, but I actually went to grad school to pivot away from customer success. And I was talking myself out of applying for this role because of how I felt about the previous role. One thing to keep in mind is that they are very different at different companies. So I did just want to touch on if you've had like a bad customer success experience at another company, don't allow that to discourage you from applying to other roles, just because my experience at Adobe and my previous company could not be more different. And I have found, especially since I'm now trying to talk other people into it, as you can see, that (laughs) the role really does work for me. So just keep that in mind. Totally. One other quick thing that I'll just mention is since, you know, post COVID, a lot of uh, role or a lot of interviews do happen over Zoom. Like I literally set up like a beautiful background, you know, I put flowers on it, you know, not that I, I know, obviously we all work out of whatever house situation, living situation we're in, but having the first thing when they first see you come on having, you know, your lighting good and your background looking beautiful, just right. gives a good first impression, not totally necessary. And I, I again, recognize that we all work out of what we have. Um, like I, I wouldn't use this as a, uh, when I'm interviewing. <laughs> yeah. Good. That's good point. That's a really good point. First impressions, yeah. and Although it, maybe add a it, Spider-Man poster, Tim. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Um, my question, it relates to what Tim was saying earlier about mentioning a sort of revenue targets and how you might have exceeded them. You know, keeping in mind that some of us don't quite have that CSM role. If we can sort of draw those parallels to maybe it was a marketing acquisition campaign and here was the target, here's how we exceeded it. 
um, that would still be okay from the CSM hiring manager perspective? Oh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, showing the goals that you've achieved and un- showing that you understand how you achieve them is what will, will go a long way. Um, and you could even show that example and then think about, you know, how would you achieve your targets here? Um, you know, I, I, I looked at your products and I saw that you sell X. I also saw that there are these add-on products that you have, you know, thinking about a use case of how I would do this. Um, but I, I think exactly what you said, uh, you know, if there are marketing goals and, and really showing that you understand how you did that so that it's replicable across another company, um, that that's helpful. Okay. Thank you. So it doesn't, it won't be sort of a, a subtraction of a point if you use percentages versus dollar signs. Because what I'm gathering is, you know, there's a real sales component to CSM. Great, great question. Because so for my role, there's a sales component. Uh, not true for all customer success roles. Some for my are, role, there is no sales component. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Cool. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and so for me, I I would look for people who have some kind of experience selling. Um, there are also like different levels, like we have associate roles where we don't expect sales experience. And, and as Bobby said, not all customer success. You can absolutely find customer success without sales. Happy to take more questions, by the way. Or, um, Thanks, Emmett. Yeah. Vivek. Uh, hi, Mr. Justin. Hey. hey. Uh, hi, Tim. Hi, Bobby. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, and it's great to hear everything that you have to say and kind of gain that hands-on experience and that knowledge. Thank you so much for that. And um, I just wanted to ask, uh, in terms of like um, skills or softwares that you would use um, for the CRM or the sales process, like I've I've been familiar with like Pipedrive and Salesforce, but are those things that you really need to like mention? Like, I don't know if like companies would be using their own software or if it's... Uh, if it's something uh, that you should talk more about or if you should just kind of mention it in general. Uh, so I, well, all I was going to say is that I jokingly was going to plug Adobe CRM here, but that said, um, we do use Salesforce, although I will say to Tim's point about being sales focused or not sales focused, Salesforce is much more for our sales team. I can go in there sometimes to get information that I may need from the contract, but we also have our own systems and we use that essentially. And one of them is an internal system, so it wouldn't be something you were aware of, but just generally showing that you do have a some experience with CRM is probably beneficial. Before I got this role, I had on my resume that I'm familiar with HubSpot and Salesforce, for example, and I'm sure they looked at that and said like, okay, he knows how to use a CRM. And just to add to that, one thing I'll also do, I like to understand when I'm the interviewee, I'm being interviewed, I like to understand what uh, tech stack my potential future company works with. Um, so I'll ask them, you know, what do you use for XYZ um, to see what they use for project management, what they use for uh, CRM, things like that, so that it also shows them, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with these tools. 
but I also legitimately want to know what they work with because there's some fields I hate to work with, uh, some fields that I don't. Thanks for the question, Vivek. All right, we're at time. I want to say again, a huge thank you to both of you, Tim, Bobby, for this second part of the series. This is so great, and we're going to make this available for 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 you and 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 for for students to listen to. So truly appreciate it, and thanks for being so candid, and thanks for everybody for asking great questions and and, and being engaged. And we really appreciate all of your support, and can't wait till next time. I appreciate it, and happy Thursday. Happy yeah, thank Thursday. you for having us, Justin, and again, happy Thursday. Thank you. All right, we'll see you. Bye bye. Thanks, listeners, for tuning into the GCMC podcast, where we look to get off-the-record thoughts and perspectives from individuals who have been hiring managers and in hiring positions in their careers. The GCMC is here for Zicklin MBA and MS students and alumni for their careers wherever they are, so be sure to stay in touch with us.